<laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Unbothered by Ty Rivera. As always, coming to you from high atop Ty Rivera Studios, a.k.a. Casa de Bijou. Um, that's Bijou growling in the background. You probably aren't picking it up on the mic, but Bijou is growling in the background, not having it. Uh, speaking of not having it, our guest today. <laughs> our guest today oh, is Long Yu, and I yeah. met Long Yu uh, a couple weeks back at a mic that I really like going to, a newer mic called Garage. Garage. Yeah, yeah and uh, we had a chat about Brock Turner, <laughs> and then uh, I asked him to do the podcast because we went back and forth for a little bit about Brock Turner. And then I was like, well, do you want to come and do the podcast? And he, at first he was like, I'm not really sure. And then hit me up on Facebook. So say hi to everybody, Long you. Hey, everybody. Uh, how long have you been doing comedy? That's one thing I haven't asked you yet. Uh, just stand-up comedy? Yeah. Uh, two years. Were you doing improv before that? I was doing improv, yeah. For I how long? I did improv for a little bit. Uh, I think it was, yeah, two years I was doing improv in college. And then I like, started doing stand-up. Uh, and I liked that a lot. And uh, then I, um, I've just been doing that ever since. Um, yeah. Yeah, stand-up's a slippery slope. Yeah, well, yeah, I feel like I was a, uh, it's just, it's way, like, it's better to, like, know that you, like, wrote this and you put it down. And then, like, then the audience loves, like, what you're doing. And I, I, I like, I like, maybe I'm just egocentric and I like that. I got the laugh from the audience, you know? Yeah, and you also, it's probably also good not to have to really coordinate with other people. Yeah. If you want to do something, you do it. It's not like... Exactly, yeah, like improv. Uh, well, I, I don't want this to be just like me shitting on improv because like my, my improv friends would probably listen to this. <laughs> um, but like, I, I felt like I wasn't in tune with like the other, the improvisers as and as I am in tune with like myself whenever I'm on stage, you know? Yeah. Um, and also improv is more silly and you seem to want definitely. to be in a more like, uh, yeah, would you I, say more I serious, tackle serious topics? Like, yeah. A lot. Yeah. Like, so I do a lot of like shit about social justice and, uh, and race and all that, that horrible, I mean, that woke shit. I'm like, I'm uh, trying to do, Essentially, the Daily Show on stage. You okay, know? and you're a cisgender. <laughs> I'm a ci- yeah, I'm a cis- cisgender straight male. Do you use the term cisgendered? Usually? No, I'm just I'm okay. I'm trying to respect you right now. I I like to uh, d- d- let you people identify however they want to identify. Yeah, and I'm also paint a picture for people, you know, so they know who I'm yeah. talking to. I'm a cisgendered straight mixed race male. Mixed race and what? Yeah. What's the mix? Um, well, I usually just say black and Asian. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad is half Cambodian, half Chinese. My mom is Belizean, like Garufina, um, which is like African or of Africa. You know? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And are they both from here? They both immigrated fr- um, to America. Oh, okay. So you're yeah. first generation. Yeah, I'm I'm first generation. Some people say second generation since like they they could be considered first generation Americans since they immigrated here and lived here for a while, but 
I don't know the terms, you know, it's all. Yeah, I don't know exactly either. I had always thought like um, first generation started from who was born here first. Yeah, that's what I've been thinking for a while, too. That's what I thought. But I'm sure somebody will correct me and I'll be yeah. making somebody mad with <laughs> that, too. <laughs> Are you first generation? Uh, no. Well, uh, my dad was born here and then okay. my mom, her family, you know, they joke and like mm -hmm. that she's just was here when you know her family was yeah. here when mexico bought it <laughs> or arizona <laughs> you know and so yeah, yeah, like yeah. uh so yeah my mom's family just has been arizona i guess forever mm. before it was arizona old ranchero family you know well I d my parents would probably get on you for that <laughs> i don't think they like the term ranchero i don't uh, i don't think that that's their vibe okay yeah uh we're chicano Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, so definitely. California, Mexico. That's cool, man. So, um, let's see. Brock Turner, are you <laughs> are you spent on that, or do you have something you want to say about it? Let's see. Well, I think we we had an argument for a little bit, or discussion, rather. It didn't get heated. No. So, like, uh, I think we both said, like, yeah, it's good for people to not we both want the same thing and that we don't want people to get raped that we b agreed with that. Yeah. Right? Uh, but we disagreed on like how to pursue that goal. I was saying that uh, people should be taught to not rape as in like uh, um, the rape culture or um, rapists should be punished for uh, doing what they do. Uh, and I think you were saying that uh, we should um, teach people to be safe, like to, to protect themselves against rapists because that's how the world is. There are going to be bad people out there. Well, I'm fine with people want. being taught to not rape. Like, that's not something I'm against. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's the thing. I'm not against that. But it's just right now for the world we live in, until that evolution fully happens, I think that people need to take care of themselves. Like, I took you a little bit around my block because I wanted you to see what it was like. Um, yeah. You know, and late at night, it gets serious sketchy out there. So... Sometimes yeah, there's a dude who I think does he live on your stoop? There's a man I didn't who was just sitting out there. I didn't see him. I think he occasionally belched. He was eating things. <laughs> well, that's what just, people do. That that happens here. It's I'm not saying it's not like a a bad thing. It, well, yeah, he was just sitting there, and I was like kind of watching him while I was like wiping off the like shit on your shoe, <laughs> dog shit, on, shit on your shoe. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and he didn't. I don't know. I thought. I don't know what I thought about him. He was just a guy sitting there for for no particular reason. Yeah, and that uh the uh, like uh I actually me and Johnny Roque stopped some sort of sexual assault from happening when we were in my parking lot. I didn't show you where I park, but um if you, you see there was some there was somebody attempting sexual assault. Yes. Yes. And then we started to wonder if it was like a human trafficking situation. Jesus. So I just say, while this kind of shit is happening in the world that, yeah. you know, you need to keep your wits about you a little bit. Like that was the keep thing. Keep your wits about you. Like I looked at the um, the Brock Turner situation and like the, I did look into it quite a bit um, because yeah. and part of that, like me being annoyed on Facebook with that was just like. Sometimes I get tired of people 
wanting all of us to be outraged about their outrage. It's like you're welcome to be you want outraged. Everybody to be outraged. Wait, you you don't like that people want others to join in their outrage about like a particular topic? Yeah, if I don't care, I just don't care. Like, and I'm fine with you not caring about things that bother me. Like, I don't know if you saw episode three of RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm ashamed to admit I've never seen a single episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. Well. <laughs> Then you know. should know that all of the girls had decided that they were going to go with the judges critique because they have the power to kick off the two. The top two have the power to kick off whoever they want from the bottom three. That's the way this works. Right. And so okay. all of the girls had made a pact that they were going to go with the judges critiques. So for the first two episodes, the girls went with that. The third episode, though, the girls kicked off Ginger Mint or the girl that was in charge, the girl that ended up winning the lip sync. Yeah, uh, it's I'm having to educate you about this right now. Yeah, How dare you call yourself woke and you haven't seen <laughs> <laughs> you haven't seen RuPaul's Drag Race. How dare you? So um, anyway. <laughs> So the thing was, uh, the girls had all decided that they were going to do it. And then Alyssa Edwards, who was one of the girls on uh, the finals for season three or the, the top two, um, she yeah. ended up winning and she chose to kick off Ginger. But Ginger hadn't gotten the worst scores. Oh, no. Exactly. You're seeing where <laughs> I'm going with this. <laughs> She kicked off. Uh, she kicked off Ginger. I mean, she kicked off Ginger and kept Katya, which Katya had gotten the worst like reviews. Mm -hmm. But Alyssa was like, "I've seen you on the other, you know, on our other challenges, and I think that you just had a bad day or a bad yeah. night." And Wait, so, so, what do they do on RuPaul's Drag Race? Like challenges and lip syncs. It's sort of like America's Next Top Model, I guess. But so, but they're they're not just modeling clothes. They're like, they just have to like be drag queens in like in extenuating circumstances like hey be a drag queen next to this volcano no <laughs> no i mean like i guess since i said america's next top model that would make sense that you would think that mm -hmm. but uh like the challenge will be to like season three or episode three which is what i'm talking about it yeah. was um what was it? Oh, they ha all had to <laughs> be note podcast listeners. Ty does not have a phone or Wikipedia in front of him. This is all from memory. Yeah, <laughs> they all had to lip sync a song, uh, 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 but it was like a group number. So they had to work together and there was choreography involved, like actual <laughs> choreographers and okay. that kind of thing. And then uh, so anyway, so what happened was. Ginger went home and she kind of shouldn't have, according to the girls, packed mm -hmm. and Katya stayed. Now, I'll admit I was with the girls. I was a bit outraged because Alyssa hadn't kept the pact. OK, but I didn't expect everybody on Facebook to get outraged with me. <laughs> it all comes full circle. It doesn't even <laughs> bother me that you don't watch. I was just, I was yeah. joking when I said, you know, how dare you call yourself woke if you're yeah, not? Yeah. But it, like, you know, I don't mind that people don't have the same interests that I do or don't yeah. think the same that I do. But so, the thing, well, okay, <laughs> yeah, 
that's that's funny but like <laughs> i think that there there there's a huge difference though between like your opinion of like rupaul's drag race and your opinion of like rape culture and uh how to how to address it because like one's like a tv show the other's a social issue that we're going to be dealing with for like uh generations to come you know Sorry, I'm like burping. I'm just drinking a beer. Well, we're several seasons into RuPaul's Drag Race, in all fairness. So. We're going to be dealing with RuPaul. We could be dealing with this, this for generations to come too. <laughs> the fallout from this, you're not, you're, you're minimizing my experience right now, Long. Oh my god. <laughs> now you see where I'm going, though, well, because yeah. th- this is the same way. I feel with a lot of things. And I know some people would say that I'm, I'm minimizing when it comes to rape. Like, you know, I get it. And like, I get, <laughs> yeah, I get if you don't, if you, if you don't like being raped. Yeah, I get it. Okay. You're not. Oh, did I? Oh. No, I don't mind. I'm okay. not, I'm not, I, that's, I'm trying to, um, I'm listening to you and figuring out how I want to phrase my response. I, okay. I don't, I, um, I don't have this many. Th- th- that's one of the things that I've talked about, like in my standup and on um, on my podcast, is yeah. I don't have as many emotions, like soft emotions, as other people do. Yeah, I just don't. It's it's you know soft emotions. Yeah. Are, are there any other kind? Hard emotions. Well, Logic? there's the fucking rage and you know stuff like that. Uh, yeah, uh, you yeah, know, yeah. The, those so. wouldn't count as soft emotions. I don't think. I guess so. You know. But rage, you know, rage comes from. A sort of like passion about something, you know, like you're you're only angry about uh, something if you like love the if you actually care here. Yeah, if you care. Yeah. No, and I get that. It's just I care. That's another way you could put it. I care about a lot less things, uh, especially when I see that people aren't doing the most to help themselves out. That's where I really because. My life, I know you don't know much about me outside of like either Facebook or like the few times we've seen each other at stand up. Yeah, that's true. But my life hasn't been one where there have been a lot of allowances for making stupid mistakes. There's usually like quick consequences in the world that I've occupied for most of my life. As in like a person of color and like a a gay man who was out before like this this like this wave of like just widespread acceptance yeah 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 it's it, like um i hung out with trans that's why um sometimes trans people specifically w- the new school trans people will get mad at me yeah but it's like because i dealt with a whole different generation of trans people yeah. that uh had what i consider to be real problems yeah I, mean, I heard that RuPaul got in trouble for saying tranny, right? Like he, well, she rather, sorry. No, he's fine. See, that's where, that's where I think people need to be more understanding. Exactly like that. That's yeah. the reason I think people need to be more understanding. People from my, like what would be considered my side or the LGBT side. Yeah. Um, because when you throw in drag and all the different like variations there are within the LGBT community, it's easy for a person to get confused like rupaul's a drag queen so you could say he or she and and he'd be fine but like then you like if it's if the person is a drag queen you can say he or she yeah but if the person is transgender and identifies as a female you say she yes okay and i don't think that like i've noticed a lot of people trans people new school trans people jump on people for misgendering them yeah 
And it's like, well, right now, a lot of people are open to it and they're willing to respect you. But mm-hmm. you just have to meet them halfway and understand if they accidentally. And now if they're doing it to disrespect you, then I definitely understand you taking a stand and know that I'm not going to allow you to treat me that way. Yeah. But when it's an accident and I see people get jumped on and then get told that they were misgendering and they're a piece of shit and all, all this stuff, yeah. it's like, no, that's not uh, the way you teach people something that they're open to. That 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 serves more to shut people down. Yeah. I think... I, I was reading this uh, um, op-ed today about, like, how, um, for the most part, the only people that uh, um, that the left is alienating by, like, with their, with their emphasis on, like, using the correct terms and uh, mm-hmm. the correct uh, phrasing for particular groups, like, the only people they're alienating are the people who are, like, who are open, like, to to their cause before yeah. right that's a hundred percent true that's the reason that i don't like black lives matter <laughs> it really is because technically if you think about it i should be on the side of black lives matter i i should technically i should okay so why don't you like black lives matter i don't this is like what you you tackled this in the last podcast episode so i don't want to like um delve too much into it but like if you don't like black lives matter dude like it's definitely a, a, a positive like it's a group that has done a lot of good they are a they are a force that is enacting like positive good and positive social change they've also alienated a lot of people they've also hurt their own cause by the disruption that they made at bernie sanders uh rally like there was that and then they also like if you're going to act as a movement, a political movement, mm-hmm. then get your shit together. That's the way I feel with Black Lives Matter. I, it's even in the beginning, like everybody. I guess that's one issue with Black Lives Matter in that like it's um, officially a leaderless movement. Uh huh. Like it's it's decentralized and like and, and re- there are representatives of it all across the country but there's nobody like at the head of it you know there's no martin luther king there's no malcolm x it's just like um people who believe in the cause moving this cause forward and like there are some people like the people who disrupted the bernie sanders rally um who there are some who whose tactics might be perceived as uh, abrasive or, or counterproductive. But, I mean, overall, I think despite the missteps, they're moving toward a po- uh, they're moving this country in a more positive direction or the, this country's discourse, rather, the political discourse. Yeah, I don't really know that I agree that it's moving in a more positive direction because I think what's going to happen is, um, have you been in long-term relationships? Kind of. <laughs> okay. Well, how long is a long term? Then you've seen them. <laughs> you know how they work. Yeah. Okay. We've all seen this situation. Have you ever seen a situation where, uh, let's say the the guy the guy fucks up, um, yeah. be it cheating or you know like he fucks up, yeah. And so then the girl is like, okay, these are the things I need you to do if you want to keep me. And so yeah. then the guy's like, okay, I'm going to do these things. Yeah. And then she gets a little bit too pushy with the things that she, in the, or the way that she does things. Her demands. Yeah. And so then the guy sure. eventually gets like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm not doing any of this shit. 
I'm not mm. doing any of what you tell mm. me. I think that if we're not careful, that's what's going to happen with the Black Lives Matter situation. I feel like the Black Lives Matter coalition is demanding too much. Well, I don't think that they're being discriminating enough in some of the cases that they take on. That's one thing. Uh, like when it came to Sandra Bland. Yeah. The, I know that some people have gotten mad at me about that, but Sandra Bland did not do the most to help herself out in that situation. Well, ah, oh, man, I wish I knew more about the Sandra Bland case because, like, I, I definitely – well, I, I, dis I just in my heart, in my soul, I disagree with you, but <laughs> I don't know what exactly you're talking about with the Sandra Bland situation. Okay. Well, then I, if you don't know, then we can no, but let's talk, talk about, about another one. <laughs> Even <laughs> well, if I don't know. See, that's the thing. So what did she not help That's a lot of what I notice from people when what? it comes to, like, they want to argue, but they don't know what the facts are. And the thing is, uh, like. Well, present me with the facts. Well, uh, she was resistant with the police in the beginning, like wrong mm. attitude to begin with, which I, I've seen the video where she's like yelling at the cop. She's like, hey, like, wh what did I do? Like, I didn't do anything like what? Like, don't stop me. I, I've I've seen that video. Yeah. And we're all we've all had those feelings. So I don't fault her for feeling that way. Mm -hmm. I don't even fault her for yelling at, at the cops a little bit. It's just at a certain point, especially as a person of color. Yeah, I know that there's a point where things can get out of hand and where I'm not going to have control over the situation. Yeah. And I don't know what the cop's going to do. I know that he's got a gun and I know that he's got the power to lock me up. Yeah. So at some point I feel like it's on me, even if it shouldn't be, um, because I do agree that like, you know, the police do need to conduct themselves in a more professional manner and yeah. definitely serve the people more. Cause like it's supposed to be protect and serve. Yeah. But it seems to be a lot more of almost South Park respect my authority type huh. in some cases. I've seen plenty of that. So it's not like yeah. I'm oblivious to it or I don't get it. Um, but at a certain point, it is up to me to make sure that I stay alive, that I don't get. And but sh and the other thing is like um, it's highly disputed whether she actually committed suicide or the police killed her. Yeah. And if people want you to think that she the police killed her, they won't mention that she had made several calls to people to have herself bailed out and nobody was yeah. answering the phone or bailed her out and that she was like owed like $9,000 I think it was in warrants. Now I could she see She was owed 9,000. She owed she owed $9,000. Yeah, like nine, I think it was 8,000 something. It but $9,000, you know, um and so I can see just as a regular person yeah. how that would depress me and maybe you know so like nobody would answer her calls to bail her out, and then she decided, hey, since nobody's gonna break me out of j or like bail me out of jail, I'll kill myself. I could see how things would get hopeless. Like if you know but that you she had no history of like mental illness or depression. She just like up and committed suicide in a Texas jail or whatever. I I forget exactly what what uh. Um, county or, or state she was in but if she, she had no signs of this kind of behavior before and and Sandra Bland isn't the only case where there is just a suspicious death um, like in a, a holding cell or a facility 
like under police supervision that is just labeled a suicide. I've had a family member get beat up and lost in the system until his bruises is healed. Until his what? Bruises healed. So he's beat up and lost in the system. Mm-hmm. But he didn't commit suicide. Yeah, but I'm saying that I know that these things happen. Like what you're saying, I know that it happens. But I also know that at a certain point, because I know these kinds of things have happened, because I've seen them happen as much as you can see them happen. You know, when yeah. somebody comes out and tells you that, you know, this is what happened to them, then you know that that's yeah. something they will do. So me knowing that, and I think a fair amount of people knowing this kind of stuff and knowing that we're dealing with this kind of system, it is up to us whether we want it to be or not to make sure that we, in some cases, so stay you're alive. When, like, when black people are pulled over by the police, what they should do is well, be compliant. that's where you're fucking up. Because you're saying black people. I didn't say black people. I'm saying people, people in general. Color. I'm saying people, people in, in general. general. Yeah, people in general is what I'm saying. Uh, everybody tries to make it. So like, you're saying so it's, when a white person is pulled over, uh, they need to comply and be polite and, and, and essentially defer to the, to the um, cop's authority as much. And, and a black person should act exactly the same way. As a, as a white person. Yeah, I think both sides should, like, But even though reason, a black person is much more likely to have violence committed against them by a police officer. Like, there's a different... Police officers act in a different way between, like, how, when they inter- encounter white people and when they encounter black people. So shouldn't that mean that, like, the responses to the police, like should be different or at least different responses to the police by black people and white people like the different responses are justified yeah but i don't know that justified would be the right word because i my two best friends are black and i've seen them have interactions with the police yeah and they treat the police with respect and the police treat them with respect in turn so i don't know like well there's this like this desire to treat the police with respect, and well, they're 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 treating the police with, with respect out of fear, you know. Like there there's so there's all this like uh, talk about like southern hospitality and southern comfort and southern like you know politeness, but it's all like kind of based on like a mutual fear of the other race, you know. Like there this like um, this like shucking and jiving, like oh ma'am, you know you're doing. Uh, Honestly, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm ranting right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to... Okay, okay. I'm, I'm going to... I'll take this back to um, to uh, Philando Castile, right? You know, that he was... She was shot, right? And that you, you remember... You've seen the video, Philando, right? Philando. I was 100% on Philando's side. Um, the, exactly. Well, like... But the then after... He has the been, day after that got fucked. Go ahead. Finish He encountered the police so much more than, like, any, right, like, normal white person would, right? He... Like, just because he had, like, traffic violations or broken taillights or something, he was pulled over, like, um, more than, like, way more than the average, like, white person is pulled over, right? And and he, I'm assuming he, he had to, like, treat, he treated the cops with, like, a certain degree of respect, like, every time. But, like, if, if it happens so often, it just builds up and builds up, and then you have to it get you get angry you know let me yeah. also tell you like a quick a quick story all right uh, just a quick uh example i have a friend who is black that 
always insist on making this particular left turn where the sign says there's no left turn. He gets okay. on my nerves because we will sit there forever sometimes for him to make this illegal left turn when he could yeah. easily just make a right turn like everybody else and then make a U-turn right up the street like everybody else. Yeah. But instead, he insists on waiting to make this illegal left turn. Now, I know, because I know this guy, that when the police pull him over for it, which one day they will, yeah. he's going to get angry with the police and say it's because he's black. No, it's because there's a no left turn sign there. So, and if you do have a broken tail light, that's something I've been pulled over for. I got pulled over yeah. for that in San Francisco, which is like pretty liberal. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I don't know if you've been to San Francisco much or know the reputation. I've been there once or twice. Yeah. So, you know what it's like. And I got pulled over there and broken tail light. And luckily, the cop didn't make an issue of the fact that my car did smell like weed. I know it had to smell like weed because me and my friend had just hot boxed it. <laughs> um, and so, but. It's like I can't be mad and assume that it's racism that got me pulled over for something that is not supposed to be broken. Like that's something that's in our driver's manual. You're supposed to have those things in working order. That's the way it is. And then you get a fix it ticket. But well, if you get mad right from the beginning because you're assuming that the other person is going to be a certain way then I agree. And like I said, I do agree with you that something needs to be done on the police end. To me, that's clear. Yeah. But in the meantime, I feel like it's up to me to make sure that I stay alive. It's up to you to make sure that you stay alive. And if that's being as polite as you possibly can be, as I was annoyed not too long ago, I was on the road with Quincy Johnson and a cop pulled me over. I was yeah. in the wrong. I was going 86 miles per hour in uh, 70, I think it was. Yeah. And I, there was a part of me that felt like this cop is being an asshole. He could have just let that slide. He didn't yeah. have to pull me over. But that's what happened, and it's a 200-and-something dollar ticket. Jesus, man. Yeah, and I know. I get it. But, but I mean, there, well, the thing is, there, there are so many, like, infractions that a, a, a police officer can pull you over for, right? Mm -hmm. And... And there have to be like a lot of infractions that like that police officers overlook over the course of like a, a day, right? Yeah. Like, and the thing is, they're they're just less likely to overlook an infraction by a black man than they are to overlook an infraction by like a white man. That's just the truth. Like, black people get pulled over more for things that are like um, completely irrelevant to whether or not they like might commit a crime. Or, like, they're they're just they're things that that are are linked more to like being poor than they are to being like a criminal, right? Like Philando Castile, like he just was, he was broke a lot of the time and couldn't afford to like fix his car to like do things, but he had to like go to work. He still had to, to do these things. And, and they, they, the, the fees just kept compounding and compounding because people were more likely to, because the cops were more likely to stop him because he was black. And because police, police were more likely to stop him and find him, he was unable to pay his fines all right, back from your piss break. I'll probably yeah. just cut that whole part out, like the, okay. the piss break part, but, yeah. you know, and then <laughs> okay. don't worry. I'll, I'll fix it. I'll figure out how don't to worry. do it. You're just making more work for me, but I'm fine. I'm fine. Sorry, I'm fine. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so yeah. we were talking about Philando, Philando which I thought Philando was almost a perfect example of 
the police fucking up. Like, I yeah. thought that was a perfect example. And then the next day, that asshole had to fuck up and shoot those cops in Houston. And then oh, that took yeah, all of the, you know, every, everything, all the good momentum that had been built up by, because you noticed a lot of things did start to change with the Philando situation in people's thinking. Like, yeah. a lot of people were like, yes, yeah. this was wrong. And then that shit happened in Houston the next day, took the focus off of Philando's situation yeah, well, yeah. And I know I what agree, you're saying about people being poor and things building up, but I also notice in a lot of cases, and this might be in part due to the way that people are raised, but poor people tend to make some dumb decisions. Like, I don't know if you saw the footage of Philando and Diamond, his girlfriend, um, hotboxing in the car with the four-year-old kid. I have not seen it, but I've heard of it. I've 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 heard references to it. Yeah. So maybe instead of spending money on weed, you need to fix the broken taillight. Maybe that should have been a priority instead of like, I need to get some weed and have fun, which I noticed a fair amount of poor people do that, like do that yeah. kind of stuff. And I know that it's in part due to the way that people are raised and the way that they prioritize, you know, poor people do tend to sometimes they spend more money than they save. Yeah, and think more like, you know, I got to have fun now kind of thinking instead of handle the things that they're supposed to handle. I might get shot by the cops, you know? <laughs> 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 Why not have fun now? Yeah. Put that way, I guess you can understand the logic. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> this might not last. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> yeah. get some weed now. Yeah. <laughs> I need to get my mind right if I'm going to be dealing with all of this. But yeah. yeah, no, and I'm saying that I get it. I just don't think Black Lives Matter so far has been the answer. They seem to be shaping up. <laughs> that the beginning of that sentence scared the fuck out of me. You were like, "Yeah, I just don't think Black Lives Matter." And I was like, "Oh yeah. man," I was, I was like, "Is that the end of the sentence?" <laughs> like, Could you imagine if I just sat here and looked at you after yeah. I said it? Just like, what you gonna do? <laughs> Your move. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, but I so I just don't think that they're the answer, but you don't think they are the answer. No. What is the answer then if they are not right? And I'm not saying well, I'm not saying that they're going to like completely eliminate police brutality in the nation and police and in, including police brutality like disproportionately against like black people or people of color. But like they what what I want to can. I don't know. I, I kind of came in here with an agenda. I wanted to convince you that Black Lives Matter is a, a positive force for good. Like they're, they're that's <laughs> trying loaded. to convince me of anything is a terrible agenda. I guess so. <laughs> it's I better guess so. we just chat and yeah. see where we end up. Because sometimes people will like, here's the thing that I've noticed. Like, I'll tell you what my thing is with convincing people. Rather than convince somebody, it's easier to have a good chat with them and then maybe at the, the time it won't seem like you got what you wanted. Yeah. But then later on when they're thinking in their own personal thoughts, because you actually talk to them like a human being yeah. and they listen to your points, you listen to theirs. Maybe some of yours sinks in for them and theirs sinks in for you. And then you're both a little bit more well-rounded in your thinking and a little more like, okay, like now I see a different way to go at that where yeah. I can get people to be like on my side because again we're on the same side on this one too like really i do want for the police violence and <laughs> the way things work i'd want that to stop i just yeah. don't agree that 
the the tactics are the best, you know? Man, but like the the thing is, like there there's one major group that is um against police violence, right? There's one like um like a organization that is promoting the the dis- the destruction or the, I guess the the eradication of of police brutality and violence against um people of color and, and and people in general in the United States today and that's Black Lives Matter. The thing is like there if if you've read um Martin Luther King's letter, uh letter from a Birmingham jail. A lot of it is directed towards moderate white people, right? Mm-hmm. Moderate white people who believe that uh you know there should be equality but they don't appreciate the tactics of the people in the civil rights movement there there there's there was a huge um like swath of like northern white people in Massachusetts and in in New York and in New Hampshire who were saying like yeah we support equality for black people but we don't like the what they're doing and like they're marching and they're causing trouble in the south and that's not what they what we want to do like Martin Luther King goes against that. He's saying that, like, what what we need is justice now, and we need to work towards justice now, and to 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 go against the groups that are that are working towards justice because their their tactics might seem like off. Like it, it's 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 counterproductive. Yeah, but if, if you truly believe in like equality and injustice, well, I believe in me getting ahead. So if you block a freeway <laughs> for your for your cause because, and I've got somewhere to be, like I've got to be to work, yeah. and you block a freeway, I hate you. I hate your cause. I hate everything to do with you. I'm against you at that point. Initially, I was against that also. Like when when I when they were like, that was a tactic that they did like a few what months back when like yeah. Orlando and, and uh, um, Alton Sterling were were killed. They like blocked a lot of freeways um, to like gain attention to their cause. But like, but I think that like what needs to happen is people just need to care, you know. And and if if the what has to happen for like people to care and to like think about these issues is to like have a freeway blocked. Then, like, yeah, block the fucking freeway because, like, you getting home or like or going to work is like, I think, I think it's less important than like a country moving in the direction of treating its citizens, all its citizens, like human beings. You know, like it's just the there. There is this like this desire for just convenience and safety that people who aren't black can take for granted rather. And that what I'm trying to say is that like, I may be getting too drunk for this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're the one who decided to drink. I didn't tell you to have drinks. I know. I was was trying to get, (laughs) you're over here popping bottles. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to get loose, but like I feel like uh, now my now I'm I'm at the point where like I'm gonna become less clear. Uh, my clarity is going to suffer as a result of my uh, lack of sobriety. But like, um, 
Uh, what I usually do when that happens is I just don't mention I'm drunk or high because every once in a while I'll get too drunk or too high. Yeah. And if you just speak with authority, nobody notices. Yeah, I guess so. Cut out. Can you please cut out the part where I mentioned that? <laughs> yeah, you don't undermine you right your now. own. You know, you don't. You know how many times I've been high and forgotten what I'm talking about yeah. on my own podcast and had to find my point just mm. by stuttering and stammering and eventually, and then at the end I come out with a statement and everybody's like, "Oh, that was actually." <laughs> pretty good and i'm like i had no idea where i was going right there okay (laughs) thank you you gave me time to think of what my my goal was (laughs) good point so like there is a a specter there's a fear that hangs over black people in america especially in the current climate where there are images all across the media, across Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, CNN, Fox News, World Star Hip Hop, Media Takeout. Yes. <laughs> well, you all know, if shit. we're going to talk about it, then see, that's one thing that does has to have to be addressed too, and it's one of the things that does bother me. And, it, and I'll let you make your point if you, you know, want to make a point off of that. Yeah. But like, I think that it does get kind of annoying when people are talking about Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, yeah, and then. And show us the worst sides of their own people on these fucking ghetto websites. So you're saying World Star Hip Hop is an argument against Black Lives Matter? No, I'm saying World Star Hip Hop is counterproductive to what it is that Black Lives Matter and black people supposedly are trying to do. When you're part of what's putting out... See, like, here's the thing. If you don't want people to see the worst sides of you... Don't show people the worst sides of you. If you don't want people to th- see you as less than human, then don't put out stuff. Uh, put stuff out there so that makes that you look that, less than human. Wait, so you're saying the world star hip hop makes people look less than human? Are you saying that like the the show Cops, where like they they go to like a a, a poor neighborhood in like Alab- a poor white neighborhood in Alabama and like and tackle a dude in a wife beater? Just as bad. That's like just as are bad. Are you saying that makes these white people look less than human? Yes. What do you mean less than what? The, 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 what? Okay, this calls into question like a lot of questions about humanity and what we what we believe people to be. You know, like that's so. Are you saying what? Okay, I don't, I don't, I mean, I, okay, I don't know where to begin, you know? Like, they're, humans, like, people have flaws. There are people who, like, we wouldn't want to, like, hang out with. Like, people who we don't consider, like, um, to be members of, like, polite society. But, like, we, we, I, I still consider everybody to be, like, human. Every, like, they're. I don't know. Like, if I don't want people to treat me like an animal, then I don't act like an animal. And when you have video after video of you not treating your own people with any respect, but then you want the rest of the world to respect you, how does that help your cause? If you're telling well, me Black frankly, Lives Matter, I don't think World Star Hip Hop and Black Lives Matter are on the same page in terms of like their causes. World Star Hip Hop is more about like, hey. Let's show these like bitches at the taco spot at 3 a.m. like um, fucking each other up like that. That's definitely not. But what you're Black the Lives one Matter that brought up the because me- I'm not saying that CNN and the cops are on the same side, but you're bringing up CNN and I don't have a problem with that. You're saying that the media is part of what's making this making it look like people are subhuman or people are uh, 
more of a threat than they are or more aggressive. Is that what you were saying a second ago when you well, brought I, up CNN and you brought up like the media? I brought up the media in to, to illustrate the point that like there are so many images of black people being killed or, or like um, attacked by the police. So like it creates a legitimate fear of the police in black communities. And that that's not to say that like there isn't like at a, already a legitimate fear of of the police in black communities. They're like like I I grew up like my mom told me when I was a kid, don't talk to the police, don't say anything to the police because they will take any opportunity to arrest you. They will take any opportunity to fuck you up because you're black. Well, see, then that also might be something wrong with the way that you were taught because if you're taught that somebody's supposed to be your enemy and that's the way you approach it then but are you how are you can saying you be there surprised? isn't a legitimate fear of the police for black people like are you saying that like that considering the like i'm a gay man so i've been told that i'm supposed to not perform or not be around quote-unquote rednecks okay. pretty much my entire career has been spent in redneck clubs and redneck rooms. Yeah. Because I said at a certain point, I went to a redneck club, the yeah. first one that I, like, I headlined way before I was supposed to. Mm-hmm. And yeah. my first thought was, these people are going to hate me. And that's why I wrote this joke I have where I, I still do the joke to this day where I'm like, um, I perform in rooms that are so white and rednecky. Sometimes my act doesn't feel like an act. It feels like a really long suicide note. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> and a good joke. it's legit from that, those experiences. So that was my yeah. first thinking. And then I thought to myself before this show that I was supposed to headline when I didn't have forty-five minutes anywhere close to forty-five minutes. Really, yeah. I thought one, they're gonna kill me, <laughs> and two, you know what? If they're gonna kill me, they're gonna kill me. Let me go in. Be as friendly as I can be as like show them the person that I am. This yeah. is really the way that I had to talk myself through it. Yeah. Uh, pack my car up and make sure that I'm ready to run out of here if anything goes <laughs> yeah. wrong. This is really my thinking. It's ready to but bolt. I have to in this case and in most cases in my life, I've had to. Even though people would think of me as having such a strong personality and the way people think about I know people have perceptions of what I am. Uh, Mm -hmm. in a lot of cases I've had to be the person that's more open and more like, okay, I know that this is possibly a dangerous situation for me. So I have to make myself look as human as possible, Mm -hmm. as open as possible, as vulnerable as possible and show these people what it is I am so that they will not only like me, but laugh at my stuff and also most importantly, not kill me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's an important part of every stand-up and set. This, it's just this has been not a theme afterwards. within my life. I've always hung out in crowds that I'm not quote unquote supposed to hang out with. You yeah. know, I've always like straddled the line between being what I am and still having to deal with the outside world. And I do feel like stand-up is one of those unique sp- like p- spaces where 
like people know that they're going to engage with ideas that they're usually not going to be like. Yeah, you know, but that's not only my strategy in stand up. That's my strategy in life. Like if you look at the kind of people that I hang out with or like the people that I hang out with usually shouldn't like yeah. me, even even when it comes to like, you know, the things I said about I joked about this like two weeks ago. I was like, people get mad at me because of the things I joke about. It's mm -hmm. usually young white people. But the reason yeah. they really get mad at me is because if they said the same shit that I said, they would get beat up. <laughs> That's what would happen. But everybody's nice to me. You know why everybody's nice to me? Because really everybody can see and everybody can tell that I am a good person, even though I may be a bit abrasive at sometimes. Yeah. I am a good person and I do want what's best in general, like really honestly for the world. Not just black people, not just white people, not just Latino people. Yeah. I really do want what's best for the world. So sometimes my thinking does come off Everybody as... Everybody wants what's best for the oh, world. Oh, no. Some people are really out for themselves. Trust me on that. A lot of these little white motherfuckers that run around telling us all what we're supposed to say and not supposed to say, those motherfuckers are out for themselves. But and they I will think tell that's you, what's best for the world, though. What's, what's best for them is what's best for the world? Well, no, I'm not saying that like I really that don't objectively. I what think they they've just found. Honestly, I'll tell you what I think about some of these white motherfuckers. I think <laughs> you want to hear my fucking racism. <laughs> you want to hear my fucking racism? I'll give it to you. Yeah. I'll give it to you. I'll and I'll it. give it to you exactly the way I feel it. <laughs> these white motherfuckers have found out that there's a new way to control brown people. And that's by acting like they know what's in our best interest better than we do. So they're going to tell us what we're allowed to say, what we're not allowed to say. And at the same time, turn us together against each other which is what you're starting to see happen online when you get called racist when you're trying to offer a different solution or a different way to look at something and rather than and and it's other brown people that are calling you racist rather than looking at it as what might be constructive criticism because it's people that are kind of dealing with the same things you're dealing with now all of our situations all of our experiences are unique when it comes to black hispanic white like you know the way yeah. we deal with things and i don't think this is every young white person and it's definitely not like i hate all young white people mm -hmm. but the ones that are the most quote-unquote liberal and telling us all what we're allowed to talk about like when it comes to ethnic people we are known for having emotion we are known for talking frankly and openly with each other that's mm -hmm. something we do that's why you can yell at other people of color and they can yell at you and then at the end we're all good with it at the end yeah, yeah, you yeah. yell at a white person they act like you have raped their mother on periscope <laughs> <laughs> They never want to talk to you again. You're out of control. You're an animal. You're, uh, but like when it comes to ethnic people, and we're the ones that have to figure out how to fix this situation because we're the ones that keep getting fucked over and over. It's gone to the point where we have young white people telling us that we should not be able to talk to each other, or there are certain words that we shouldn't use. And this is when more than ever we need to start hashing things out. Like yeah. we need to figure things out, and we need words to do that. So, yeah, it's nice to have your safe spaces and whatever the fuck else it takes because your white ass yeah. can't deal with regular fucking life. Yeah. But like some of us actually need to talk about shit. Some of us actually need to figure some shit out. And these white motherfuckers also that have started like wearing <laughs> dresses and calling themselves women and then acting like they're now part of a fucking minority group. No, you're still fucking white. You're a white man. You got into. OK. I, see you're getting a <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was, you know, I was kind of with you for a lot of that. No, <laughs> like, well, because there are legit like parts. when it comes to trans people there. This is one thing I'm glad I'm talking about right now, because like a lot of times I get misrepresented on this. When it comes to trans people, there are a lot of like legit trans people that are just trying to live their life, make shit happen the way they need it to. And yeah. I get that. But there's also a fair amount of trans people like Olivia Hader 
or and this is just oh, me her, talking. Yeah. Not um, this is not long you anybody. This is just me talking this right now. This is definitely now. not long you yeah. <laughs> talking. But they're on the side of now. I'm gonna police you from a different station. I'm gonna tell you what you should and shouldn't be saying from a different. And that's not helping anybody. We all need to talk. Mm-hmm. And and like I said. I get trans people, but I love trans people. The trans people I know, I love for being exactly who they are, which they admit that they are something different. It's not just like, you know, it's not normal for everybody. Like for me, I've been around trans people for so long that I truly do get it. And I truly do get that they're just trying to live a life like everybody else. But when people suddenly want to become part of a minority group or may line themselves up with minority groups. It's uh-huh. like, no, you're still white. Your experiences growing up have been that of a white person. So you yeah. can't just all of a sudden put on a wig and some lipstick. And now you're talking to me as a fellow minority. You've spent most of your life living with what your That's people would call That's white. Interesting privilege. as all hell, man. So like, what are you saying that? Like, but I'm assuming that like, if somebody, like become or is transgender and like actually starts to like transition right they put on they they grow out the hair they they take the hormones and things like that yeah like they they do experience some sort of like marginalization by like mainstream society right and doesn't that give them a, a position like from which to speak about oppression yes but that doesn't mean you can now start policing other minorities or actual mi- minorities and telling us what our experience is actual minorities I've but been, you're saying that like people who grew up is like i've been a living in this male. body since i was a kid you've been living in that body since you were a kid and i don't mean as yeah, a male a i mean one. with brown skin <laughs> yeah. the world has always had a different perception of us mm-hmm. these people were able to fly under the right it's one of the reasons that i don't and a lot of people get mad at me for this a lot of other lgbt people get mad at me for this but i've never liked the comparison with gay and black because I always yeah. had the choice of pretending to be straight if I wanted to. Yeah. Where a black person doesn't have the choice of pretending to be anything other than what they are. It's not like yeah. you can pretend you're white. This idea about passing. Yeah. You I can mean, be closeted if you yeah. or I can be closeted if I wanted to. And people will, will look at me and they'll be like, you know, but you're so gay. Well, yeah. you'd be surprised <laughs> how much people want to believe that you're not gay. So all I have to do is say that I'm not gay. And people yeah. will be like, yeah, he just acts like that. We had yeah. that all through growing up where it was just like he just acts like that. But my main point with what I, I mean, was saying. There is this history of like being a, a black person or like a colored person who is like light skinned or fair skinned and passing is white. Mm-hmm. And there are like a lot of like stories of uh, people like in the 1800s or something and like who decided to like who like put all the effort into like to just pass and like live as a white person. And then like they're discovered as a black person. Yeah, like, Imitation you know. of Life. Yeah. Did you ever see that movie? I haven't seen it. It's that like an movie. old school old my my dad showed it to me a long time ago. Yeah. And he just wanted me to see it and I don't remember exactly how it all went, but it's called Imitation of Life. Yeah, but I feel like in a lot of like uh situations where there's a minority and a, and a majority, that's every country, but like there's always this uh this attempt by a few people to like pass as the majority and to, to to be considered like an, an an accepted part, and that like it it creates a lot of conflict in like the um 
within the person who is like passing is like do do I um live with like the people who like who I was who I was raised with and who I identify with or do I like I join the majority because like I can and because it like it helps me out and it privileges me you know yeah no and but to me that makes sense to me that makes total sense even though people would say you're a traitor and whatever else to me it makes total sense and it's human nature to want to make things as easy for yourself as they possibly can be yeah i don't know why i can find myself always going against the grain because really if i were to just play victim i'd be so much more successful right now (laughs) if i were to just admit and be like you know Oh, my life has been so terrible because I'm gay and I'm Mexican. And yeah, black lives matter and everything else I'm supposed to say. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Did you not know? Oh, yeah, yeah. So you're Chicano. (laughs) Yeah, well, Mexican-American. Yeah. You know, Chicano is Mexican-American. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And, you know, so it's like, I know, like, I guess I just don't, what I'm trying to get at is... I think right now what's happening with we'll bring it back to Black Lives Matter and and everything I'm talking about right now. I'll tie it all in real quick. Okay. when it comes to a lot of this these situations, I think the most important thing is for all of us to be open with each other and use whatever words it is that we need to use, especially if we're talking amongst each other. If it's with other brown people and it's like, hey, this is what. I need answered in order for me to be on your side. Like if you want me to vote a certain way, think Mm -hmm. a certain way, then you have to answer my questions. It can't be like I ask a question and all of a sudden you're racist. It's like, yeah, get a hold of yourself. I'm not racist. I'm asking a question, you know, like Mm -hmm. when it comes to black lives matter, I think that anybody should be allowed to ask questions and you notice what's happening is like a good example for me or an example of how people have gotten overly sensitive and they don't pick their battles is this Melissa Villasenor situation that's happening. Oh, man. Dude, I I feel so bad for her, like, getting called out for, like, old-ass tweets. And they weren't just particularly racist. Like, it, it, that's the way— I think they were racist— but like, but I I still don't think that like she a black woman looks like been. Steve Urkel. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this bitch looked like Steve Urkel. I didn't see her. Well, you know, like what if the bitch looked like Steve Urkel? Just like when people automatically say that somebody looking like a monkey is racist, because there's that white boy from New Kids on the Block oh, man, that, that looks like a monkey. But is he black? No, he's white. He's from New Kids on the Block, which is an all white group. But and the he thing looks is, like a there's monkey. a whole history. I'll there's, show him to you afterwards. He there's looks a tradition like a monkey. of calling like black people monkeys or comparing them to apes, which is like a very dehumanizing thing. Paul you know? Mooney said that actually white people look like monkeys. Well, yeah, but that's like it's the thing is Paul Mooney is like having he's he's reversing the traditional narrative about like the what races look like monkeys, and that's like and that's funny, right? It's a, the thing is what what. What Paul Mooney's doing is reversing a an over a, a dominating narrative, and like what, like comparing a black person to monkey to a monkey is like, um, continuing the dominating narrative, right? Is in that like it's it's just com- compounding the oppression of a particular group, right? Yeah, like that Leslie Jones shit where like she was compared to Harambe. That's fucked up, right? And like and. 
Do you know? You don't know my situation with Leslie Jones. I, I've 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 listened to the podcast. okay. <laughs> I listened to the episode. Because in my opinion, Leslie Jones one hundred percent mishandled that situation. You do not let people know that they are hurting you that way. That is not what you do. You do not, especially, don't retweet them and give them shout outs. That's you just wanting to do that. Plus, Leslie Jones is older than I am, so she remembers when the world really was racist. Like things I have think changed. the world really still is racist, though. It's not like the world just is not racist anymore. It's not nearly as racist as it used to be. I'll tell you that. The N-word wasn't a secret when I was growing up. Hmm. It wasn't whispered. People would say it as loud as they wanted to. I guess so. <laughs> so we've definitely made some progress. I get it that we still have a long way to go. I'm not saying that there's no racism in America. I'm not yeah. one of those people. I definitely deal with it i deal with discrimination on several levels i mean like if i was as talented as i am this isn't me being full of myself this is just the truth if i was as talented as i am and had the same credits that i have right now and i was white and straight i guarantee you i'd be on the road even more than i am now there are certain clubs that won't have mm -hmm. me because they don't think gay will go over in their room really yes now imagine being told that because of your race that would definitely be considered racism or discrimination. Of course. But because I'm gay, and that's not really the most recognized form of discrimination at that point, it's just something I've had to deal with in my career. I think it's recognized discrimination now. I mean, not as, the not the way that you would that people would think. Not the way that I mean, like maybe among like comedy club owners, right? Like, I guess that's a that's that's one of the last like that's not a priority of like big gay rights groups, you know, like comedy clubs are they're like saying well they they want they want to pursue like equality for gay people but they're not like going after like um things like comedy clubs or, or i don't know i don't know what else besides i can't think of another example well even within like acting and stuff but i'm i know that that's a process that i'm just having to work because i i have to feature for people in some cases that don't have the credits that I have and aren't as funny as I am. Yeah. That's just something that I have to do. And, but things are getting a lot better as far as race goes and gay is on its way too. And I plan mm -hmm. to be a part of that change and already have been a part of that change in a lot of ways. Like there's not another gay comic that's on the road as much as I am. There used to be Scott Kennedy, but he died. Um, uh, <laughs> He did. He what did he die of? Like a heart attack. It okay. was unfortunate. He's a good guy. Yeah. Melissa Villasenor was Melissa Villasenor. Well, where we were at. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah. I just, you know, the thing with the Melissa Villasenor situation is, I think, really, um, there were some opportunities or are some opportunities in there to get some stuff out on the table as far as race goes. Opportunities to get stuff on the table? Like, wait, but... For whom? Like what? Okay, so I I personally don't support the like BuzzFeed reporters who are like trying to get clicks by calling out some like old tweets by a comedian. Yeah, six years ago. Yeah, those like old ass tweets, right? And like, um, but you're saying that like there there's an opportunity to actually have a dialogue about race because. These BuzzFeed reporters like pulled these tweets out. If what that's the way you wanted to do it, like I personally, really the way I the way I feel about it is what per somebody says said six years ago doesn't really matter to me. 
Mm-hmm. We all grow. We all change. We all learn more. And my thing with Melissa Villasenor is I've known her since pretty much since she first first started doing comedy. Yeah. And she's a very sweet, very sheltered, awkward girl. <laughs> and she is. This is just sweet, what sheltered, she, awkward. Yeah. She is, like. Have you ever talked to her? Have you ever been around no, her? I haven't. I haven't met her. Yeah. She's she's. I think I mean like and then I'm not being insulting at all. I really do like her. I love her as a person. I love what you know, like what what I feel off of her every yeah. time I see her. Like and I, like I said, I've known her from the beginning. It's not like we're besties or we talk on the phone every day or anything like that. But yeah. I've always really liked her since I first met her. Maybe because I was kind of starting out then too. So you know there was that okay. like that kind of feeling. But yeah. just um, she has lived a sheltered life, and I think um, there was probably about six years ago when she was making these tweets i think she was hanging out with like an edgier crowd like edgier comics and she was trying to blend with that so she was trying to emulate about race and and that's why it wasn't like if you notice the tweets weren't very good it's not like they were funny yeah (laughs) you know that's the first thing i thought when i read them all like it's like these jokes aren't really that funny they don't really they don't qualify as like jokes to me yeah i agree 100 percent yeah. Yeah, I think it was just a person trying to be edgy and step outside of themselves and it was a misguided attempt for sure. Yeah. You know, I mean, I wouldn't want to stand by any of those and I don't care what I say on <laughs> social media for the most part, but I wouldn't Something Tyra wouldn't defend. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be like, you know. Yeah, I'm, that yeah, it totally makes this sense. This is this is an example of my humor. You know, if somebody picked those yeah. out for me 6 years ago, I wouldn't stand by those. And so you know, but like as far as the other part goes where people might want to start talking is there have in a lot of cases been um i w- w- how would you say um some tension between brown and black tension between brown and black yeah between latino specifically or mexican more specifically i'll speak to what i know and huh. black you know, I remember growing up, there were a lot of Mexican parents that were very clear with their daughters that they did not want them dating black men. Well, uh, my grandpa, he's very, very racist, dude. He hates Mexicans. But also, and he wouldn't let me hang out with, like, Mexican kids in the neighborhood yeah. when I was growing up. But also, when I went to, when I was, like, choosing which high school to go to, I knew that I couldn't go to my home high school, like, which is Jefferson High, because, like, the week that I was deciding what high school to go to, there was like a race war mm-hmm. between Mexicans and black people. Yeah. There was like, there were just like huge fights, just like black people were like fighting any Mexican dude they saw and like, and vice versa. And, uh, I had to think like, well, I don't want to join that school. I want to, yeah, I want to go to a, a school where like they aren't having race wars. So if you're a young sheltered Latina that was raised with those, kind of idea and i'm not saying she was because i don't know her father or you know but like if that's the case and then you're gonna go out on a blind date with a black guy when you've been raised to have certain ideas about what black men are then is that not something that we should maybe look into a little bit from not a fighting sort of way but like let's try to figure out what's going on let's really get into some of this if we're gonna get into she has these like uh kind of I guess racist is the word I'm going to use. She has these, like, racist ideas because she was sheltered and because she hasn't had as much interaction with other races as she, like, um, as, 
she could have. Like, I'm she's saying not I don't know that to be the case, but that could be, you know, because I know yeah. she's definitely shel- like was raised in a sheltered way. She talks about that on stage, you yeah. know, and like she and if you listen to even her humor when when you listen to her actually do yeah. stand up, like you can tell that this is a girl that hasn't had a lot of exposure to not only black, but just a lot yeah. of things, <laughs> you know, just that is true. There are like so many cult like people that are just raised uh, to not really know other cultures and other experiences. And they like they go out and they um, are expected like by, I guess, the modern day society where like everything is recorded to like uh, um, to know everything. Yeah. To know- the pronouns to know the 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 language that you're supposed to use yeah and i think it's okay to say that this is the way that i think so that maybe somebody can educate you towards something different and show you something else yeah i guess that that's true there's like i feel like there there's less room to make a mistake in in today especially like there were like five tweets from like 2009 Mm -hmm. like just 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 mistakes from a long time ago that like I'm sure she has corrected since then like she yeah hasn't, and her neighbor's like, dog dig- or her roommate's dog looked like a old Japanese man I thought maybe <laughs> I, I think that isn't that racist <laughs> but uh, no. we'll see <laughs> but see like some people would get offended but it's like we can't yeah. all I think I just feel like we can't all be so sensitive about uh, about everything all the time. Sometimes yeah. something can be like a silly mistake. Sometimes something can be a person being naive. Sometimes there's just different ways to look at things other than now I have to hate you. Now I have to destroy you. Now I have. To. And it does yeah. especially bother me that it was another Latina that was going through in all these tweets and a lot of situations. Yeah. Like it's like you're another Latina. Can't we just be happy for each other? Do you have to go six years back in somebody's history? I feel like there's, well, first it's probably just like a BuzzFeed writer who needs to get paid by word or something or by article and like who just needs to find something to post about. Second, it's just like this kind of uh, this desire for uh, um, like to attack anybody who could be perceived as racist you know yeah and i see a lot of that happening and i think it's really hurting the causes i think it's really going to end up that's what's going to make it backfire is because there's so like there's the big things that we can agree on you know or a lot of us can agree on but then there's like small things like that where it's like no i'm not going to turn on this person just because they sent out some stupid tweets i think also this might this might be a bigger issue in like our circles in social media than like it is in like anybody else's. Cause like we're, of course we have like, or just Facebook friends or like, or we follow people on Twitter who are like comedians and comics yeah. and stuff like that. And like, I wonder how much traction this Melissa Villas in your story actually has outside of like the, the, the comedian community. Right. Like, I wonder if like some random kid who like likes SNL and who watches SNL, is going to know anything about like her her controversies with like uh twitter and like this racist shit you know yeah i don't know because it does seem to be spilling over because people keep demanding an apology and i don't think you owe anybody an apology for saying things if people don't like it then don't like and the other thing is how many of the people that are complaining were gonna watch snl anyway you know, True. they act like they're going to boycott, but 
Have you been watching? Are you really? I haven't, I haven't watched SNL in a while. Yeah, I haven't watched SNL in a long time. You know, I don't think they're the target demo anyway. So at the same time, it's like, well, really, I what want to say that Lauren Michaels, if you're listening. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm you're you're kidding. more than that. One. <laughs> 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 yeah, not you. Not you being the target demo, but the people that are complaining. It's like, yeah. were you really gonna watch SNL anyway, or are you yeah. just mad about somebody saying something you didn't like, and so now you think that they shouldn't be able to work? Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, if the if the people who are writing these articles succeed, then, hey, you just know more Latinos than SNL, you know? <laughs> like, that's your fucking... Yeah, and then it's one of our own that was semi-responsible for it, going yeah. through the tweets from six years ago. Like, to me, that's not the way this is supposed to work. Yeah. Like, it's not supposed to be like we take each other down. Like, are we trying yeah. to move ahead? Because my thing is, when my friends, whether they're black or brown, and, you yeah. know, the white ones, too... <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah. really it's when it comes to people. other people of color i will admit that i do have like a, a bias there uh, you know where i do want to see them get ahead i do feel yeah. an extra sort of like you know i'm glad this is actually working out yeah i yeah i definitely agree with that there's like there's this feeling that like if if some other person of color can succeed in this environment then like hey i can too you know there's yeah like this empathy you where know? we were right well your generation may have been raised different but my generation like well i'm one of the first to really break away from that like uh, like you know the people that are kind of in my same age range where we're more because like in generations before we were raised with crabs in the barrel mentality so there's crabs in the barrel. Yeah, where all of them try to drag the other down so that they can get to the top. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, and yeah. that's why, like, you notice a lot of like, you know, old school hating, where they think if like one black person gets ahead, that can only be there can only be one successful black person. Yeah. Same with Latinos. You know, like a lot of times people thought that George Lopez has to either die or really retire for another Latino to yeah. actually gain any prominence in the stand-up world or in the comedy world. Yeah. And now I think so Gabriel Iglesias. Yeah. Now I think more of us. Gabriel Iglesias. Yeah. He and he's we're the around the same age but he yeah. also is um a latino that's been very helpful with other latinos yeah. he's like you know definitely doesn't have that mentality where he thinks there only has to be one he's willing to help others come up like he helped me yeah. he was you know i did his show on Comedy central yeah he's really a good guy but i think like you know we're starting to break away from that thinking or like you know maybe in the next generation it'll be almost completely gone but yeah. i don't feel like it's smart to start turning on each other even within Definitely. black and brown where it's like you know oh you said this now you're ra racist it's like okay if we're gonna say something's racist that's fine it's fine to call a spade a spade but if i don't think you should say <laughs> i thought about that as i was saying it but i was like just go with it just go with it not the best one to illustrate man i know but i had to once it was on its way out i was like you know just send it anyway <laughs> but no i think it's important to, to call things what they are yeah, but okay. at the same time uh i think maybe we should move forward from the like name calling and ostracizing to the like all right well let's get down to the bottom of that why why do you think that yeah uh, yeah there i i i agree that there there should be like an emphasis on like um, understanding where the other person's coming from if they're like they're doing something that's perceived as racist if like I agree that you should 
um, delve into why somebody speaks or acts a certain way rather than attacking them for acting that way or speaking that way. Um, but I, I also think that like, if, if you don't say, if you don't call out racist or problematic behavior, then like, how can it get solved? You know, like how can, how can you, um, attempt to, to, to solve a problem that you're not willing to attack head on? I think it's fine to call it out. But I don't think this witch hunt mentality is working out for us where it's like, okay, not only am I calling this out, but now we need to make sure that you don't work anymore. We need to make sure that you lose your job, which is a lot of what's happening right now. And like to me, it's like you take somebody that says something that let's say somebody says something that is misinformed about a particular race. Whatever race they say it about. Because it definitely happens with Latinos, too, where people will say things that are misinformed. And you're just like, you know, well, that's not necessarily accurate. Well, say some people go on the like, you're racist. Now you don't need to work anymore. Now we're going to make sure that you don't have a job. And it's all Latino people that, that make that movement happen. Well, now this person that was misinformed about, you know, Latinos... Now they have a legitimate reason to hate them. They made it so that I don't have a job anymore. Now I'm not able mm-hmm. to feed my family. Now I'm not able to work. Now, you know, so now they're stuck in that thinking where if you had instead just called them out, found out why it is they think that way, corrected them on their thinking, maybe they could have been opened up to a new a new way of thinking, been a little more educated, been a helpful yeah. person in whatever the struggle is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is that. It's like, I don't know. I don't know how to argue against that. I think, I think I agree with that. I think there, there is this, uh, um, a witch hunt mentality that prevents like those who are accused of racism from Going over to the side of those who are accusing. Yeah, and having an opportunity to redeem themselves. Because sometimes people really just don't know. what. That's why a lot of times you see people say racist shit. And then afterwards they're like, I still don't know what I said wrong. I still don't know what I said wrong. So instead of screaming at them, how about you have somebody with some sense, like actually talk to them. One time Lunell hit me up late night i sent Lunel. out a tweet yeah because lunell's um been very nice to me yeah. uh we're friendly we're I, I would say she's an actual friend because she's been so nice to me but i don't know her like that you yeah. know what i mean it's I not love like, she's a great comic yeah it, she i love lunell too i think she's so hilarious and it's one of the reasons i i respect her because she's such a strong walk into any room and just fucking destroy and yeah. be a hundred percent her and not compromise what she is you know she's just lunell all the time yeah and so one time late at night i sent out a particular tweet and it was just a tweet in general and it was part of my um did the words blank, blank, blank ever mean anything to you or mean anything to you? And I put the most ridiculous shit, you know, like do the words, bitch, get your shit together, mean anything to you. Like (laughs) it'll be stuff like that, you know? And so one time it was part of that series and it was like three in the morning and I was high and I sent out this tweet. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I haven't been getting high for since 
it's been a couple of weeks, but yeah. Uh, so I sent one of these out and Lunell sent me a tweet that said, I'm just going to leave that right there, playa. And then mm-hmm. I sent back like, you know, what's up, Lunell? And then she was like, you know, said something like, I can't really get what that last tweet you sent out. Like said something like that. And so then I was like, Oh, I'm sorry. Did I offend you? Because I really like Lunell and she's my friend and I respect her. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Did that offend you? And then she was like, um, she hit me up on private. And then we chatted back and forth on private. As soon as she told me it offended her because she came to me with respect and she explained why she felt that way. I immediately deleted the tweet. And she was and I still really saw nothing wrong with the tweet. But once she explained to me why she saw something wrong with the tweet, I was like, oh, yeah, well, I can definitely respect that. So I took it down. Me and Lunell are friends like we were before. And you're saying you respect it like she didn't just go public with it first. Like she didn't say like, hey, I think this is like there's something wrong with this. Let me tell everybody else on the Internet and talk to me as a fellow adult, even though she's. Older than I am, and I knew, like, because I'm a respectful person, too. Yeah. Um, I knew to take it as, like, you know, like an elder talking to me. This yeah. is a, a person that I should treat with some respect. She's yeah. been in the game longer. She's knows more. She's definitely dealt with a different kind of racism than I have, and, you yeah. know, she knows. So if she didn't like the tweet and she thought there was something wrong with it, and I really do respect her, then I'll take that tweet down. Yeah, I mean the the one interesting thing is also that like Melissa Senor, she was deleting the tweets, like she was like getting rid of that racist shit that she was like talking about, and uh, and people were like were racing against her mm-hmm. deletion to like to find the racism and like if she's going to like disavow yeah. what she has said, then like what do you like what do you want from her? She's already saying like yeah I fucked up. By deleting her tweet, she knows that like she she's made an error, and people are still going after her to find the errors that she made. Like, yeah, even though she you already know she's like she regrets it. Well, that's what that bothers me itself. is I feel like some people are really petty like that and want to hear you say or type out a, a full "I'm sorry" instead yeah. of just accepting that maybe when a person gets that kind of, you know, like gets a big opportunity in their life. Cause yeah. I know I'm not looking at my Twitter right now. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to look at what I said six years ago or whatever. And I know there's all sorts of crazy shit in there, but what if you had something from six years ago? That's like just completely, uh, like acceptable, <laughs> like and, and well reasoned. And it's just, it's everybody like, yeah, like, everybody agrees with it. Like it would, it would be off brand. Well, like, yeah. I'm sure I was a lot more likable six years ago. <laughs> I'm sure I was a lot less of a dick six years ago. But, you know, like, uh, that's that's the thing. Like, I think the, the deleting kind of is the apology or the, like, you know, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. stand behind this now. I'm done with that thinking. Yeah. Or, I or like, you know, I don't know why I ever said that in the first place. So let me yeah. just delete these things just yeah. so it's not a problem. And then people are like, no, we want to hear you. I saw people tweeting yeah. stuff like that. Emerson like, some, said some shit like that. Like, uh, consistency is like the the stuff of little minds or something along those mm-hmm. lines. It's just like, if you have to, like, stick by what you said, like, forever and ever, like, you're not really thinking, mm-hmm. right? Like, because the, the mark of, like, somebody who's, like, who's really thoughtful and can consider it is somebody who like is willing to change their mind, who's willing to like to yeah. think about the opposition and like to take it into consideration and possibly change what they think based on it, you know? 
And like if Melissa Villanueva said some shit like six years ago, she might think something different today, and it's she's a completely different person, and you don't like judge her based on like that that past, you know. I change from one month to the next sometimes. Like yeah. the way I feel about things, just because new information or I'm gonna look up at that, that Emerson quote. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, no, or like new information, or I meet new people, or I find a different way to look at something. Like I, so I don't think that we should be held to things that we said a long time ago. It's yeah. kind of like you know, back in the day, people just used to have those as thoughts, and then they'd grow past them. Now yeah. we tweet them out. Yeah, it's just yeah. Twitter is literally it's a it's a. Um, it's a platform designed for just thoughts. Yeah. And just whatever you're thinking at the at the particular moment, something that's like just concise, and you 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 send it out because like it's something you you might think today, you might not think it tomorrow. It's just a, it's just a thought, right? And why should anybody police thoughts? I I, I googled uh, the Emerson quote, and it says, "A foolish consistency is the hobgoblin of little minds, adored by little statesmen and philosophers and divines." It's like there's yeah that but that that quote makes total sense. Like yeah. you it's one of the things I hate about politics when people yeah. are like cuz people will bring up stuff from a long time ago and they'll be like, you know, this person said this and then in some cases they'll refer to things as being like as like waffling or yeah. flip-flopping and it's like yeah. You think a person's not supposed just because they're in politics, they're not supposed to evolve or change in 20 years. For me, that's what yeah. I want to see. If you have the same ideas on policy that you had 20 years ago and as much as the world has changed, I think there's something wrong with you and we don't need you in any capacity. Definitely. Like things should change. Yeah. Like there, there there's too much emphasis on like. Uh, holding people accountable for just old shit they've said, like, and and yeah, it's true. Like the wor- the world keeps changing, the world keeps evolving. If you keep people, if you hold people accountable to like things they said like months ago or years ago, like they're you're you're never going to like I don't know move on. You know, I don't, I don't know I don't know, man. <laughs> so we agree that people should change and evolve. We agree that white young white people are people the should. devil. <laughs> <laughs> Just start putting more, start putting words Whites in your mouth. Right? <laughs> Honestly, that's what I came to say here. Ty. I wanted to convince you that whites are the devil. <laughs> And that's what, yeah. That's what I'm Could I'm you imagine if just like when I'm summing it up, I put all sorts of words in your yeah. mouth. Like, <laughs> suddenly your mic goes out. Then <laughs> I just cut to thank you and good night. Yeah, thank you and good night. White Long just continued to speak about how white men were the devil for for 30 minutes. No, no. I um, we got to wrap this up, but I am yeah. glad we had this <laughs> chat. I I really. You know, I um, you're another one like Aston Wallace, where I hope to have you on again because I like the conversation we had, and I hope we can talk about more stuff. And I'll yeah. argue with you someday. I'm sure. I'm <laughs> sure someday. Yeah, I, I, well, bef- this wasn't recorded, but like before we were on the podcast, I just said like, yeah, I just want to argue with you. Yeah, I would just, I just wanted to, to say like, hey, man, you're wrong <laughs> for an hour. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and we can that way. we can do that. You'll get your chance. I'm sure someday I'll piss you off and you'll be like, "All right, let's fucking do this." But <laughs> okay. really, like, I really do feel like this. Like our 
conversation like I told you in the beginning. Like I like to get to know people and learn about them. And I'm sure some of what you said will sink in for me. And, you know, maybe some of what I said will for you or maybe it won't or whichever <laughs> way. I mean, like I'm fine with it either way. I don't need people to feel like me or think like me. Yeah. I just need for people to at least say that might not work for me, but mm -hmm. at least you explained and I can see why you see it that way. You know, yeah, like, I mean, that's why I wanted to do this. Cause like, I just, you, your, your thought process is something I just don't encounter in like with, with a lot of the people I hang out with, you know? So I just thought it would be fun. Yeah. yeah to well, expose myself to different, you know, thought process next time my facebook pisses you off hit me up right away <laughs> on like text or something so not every through day facebook. <laughs> <laughs> be like put a pin in that we'll, yeah. we'll talk about you yeah. <laughs> yeah next time next time and then we can have another chat like uh i mentioned this when i first started in the podcast eventually i want to have it where it's almost like panel style yeah and uh so we can have several opinions and talk about like like a lot of stuff and I just like people that actually know how to have a conversation. I don't care if they don't agree with me. Just yeah. as long as they know how to have a conversation and we can be like, okay, let's fucking chat and you know okay. if you want you can even yell at me a little bit. Like I said, between uh, ethnic I, people, honestly, I don't I think wish yelling is a more. big deal. <laughs> <I wish> <laughs> between <laughs> ethnic people, more. yelling is not a big deal. <laughs> it's just you know True, yeah. I'm just I don't I learned not to really do it with white people unless they were raised in tra trailer parks. <laughs> trailer yeah. park white people get down with dude you. i was raised in a trailer park were you, <laughs> you I, I lived in a trailer park for a little while but i yeah. wasn't fully raised yeah i just lived in one for a little while when i was a kid oh man anyway guys <laughs> this has been unbothered by ty rivera where can people Woo. find you long you oh man people can find me at uh at long uh john U on twitter uh j-o-n is the john how you spell john uh you can find me at Never Too Long on uh, Instagram. <laughs> I don't post on it very much, though. It's a dumb joke, yeah. Um, and Long You on Facebook, because that's my name. <laughs> Long know? John You. Yeah, Long John You. That's my middle name, actually, John. So okay. Yeah. And um, how do they spell the U? Uh, y O U. It's yeah. Okay. A unique like, way or a normal way to spell it. Yeah, like you. Yeah. It's oh, I'll just spell L O N G J O N Y O U. There that's, you go. That's my whole Twitter handle. Yeah, that right does there. it. Long John U. Yeah. And then Long U on Twitter. Uh, I'm Ty Rivera, and I can be found at America's Favorite Fag dot com. It never gets old. It's yeah. America's Favorite Fag dot com, and uh, you know. I'm unbothered, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you, Long You. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs>